Rob, we won't go through the uh, the rigmarole that we've just been through to try and get this uh, this recording started. No one sees this. I mean, people just start their podcast player and start listening to eight or sixteen and assume it's a well-oiled, slick machine behind the sh- behind the scenes behind the scenes, don't they? Uh, yeah, no, it's not. It's rubbish, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> we we probably should paint the picture of what what we can see here. So we're we're <laughs> we're, we're using Zoom. Um, we're not using Riverside today for reasons we won't go into. But uh, we're using Zoom, and we're joined by how many? One, two, three, four. Four extra people, I think, who no one's going to hear because they're just watching and listening. But it's the guys from the Discord server, or some of them anyway. So, um, hello everyone, thank you for joining us, um, our silent audience. Um, yeah, uh, we, we'll, we'll have to we'll bring them in a bit later. We'll not bring them in literally. We'll get them to ask some questions on the chat <laughs> and uh, <laughs> see what we uh, what we can find out. Um, what are we going to talk about? I was trying to think. I was thinking this earlier. What we what we discussed two weeks ago, and I think we did moan about the iPads, didn't we? Um. Yeah, but you you hadn't actually got them at that point, but you do now. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I suppose. We, yeah, we perhaps didn't moan about them enough. Maybe perhaps we didn't. You think? have enough to moan about because <laughs> I didn't have them in my hands. Yeah. All right, go on then. Let's, let's, how, how are they? Well, one of them I took back to the post office today and it didn't even make it out of the box. All and right. I think we can all guess which one that was. Well, actually, that's an interesting... I mean, people who haven't seen the videos may not know, but um, I obviously had the 10th generation um, iPad and the iPad Pro, the 12.9-inch M2 version. One of those didn't even make it out of the box. And um, it's no big secret, actually. It was the iPad Pro. Didn't even bother. And it wasn't a kind of elaborate stage trick or some kind of... I didn't hadn't planned it all along at all. I was genuinely going to get that thing out and do stuff with it. But it arrived, and I just thought, I don't know what to do with this thing. Genuinely, I've, no, I've never had that before with, with a product, particularly something that is as expensive and, in theory, as desirable as the 12.9-inch M2 brand-new iPad Pro. I just didn't know what to do with it. Do you think I'm mad for doing that, or do you think that was completely fair enough? I think that's completely fair enough. I mean, bearing in mind that I recently gave my iPad Pro away, and I haven't missed it at all. And that's coming from someone that used it as their primary mobile computing device for a year, because if you recall, I had a, an Intel 16-inch i9 MacBook Pro. As soon as Apple Silicon was announced, I got rid of it while it was still worth more than 50p. And then I waited, and, and so in the meantime, I you know I needed a, a portable computing device, and the twelve point nine inch iPad Pro with the the magic keyboard stand thingy did the job. So I mean, it, so I mean, I I learned how to do things the iPad way, and we've we've discussed this previously. Where if you're gonna, you've got to go all in, and you if you try and use an iPad like a laptop. You're going to have a rubbish time, but yep. if you figure out its quirks and you know you, you can get, a, it's a really enjoyable experience if you actually put the effort into learning all of the things that you can do with with iPad OS. However, even then, I still used an app called Screens to remote into uh, a proper computer. Yeah, from time to time, because there are still things that you just can't. Really, there's still things that are just better on a on a proper computer, and you know, particularly with how expensive the iPad lineup has got. Oh. just just get just get an iPad, just get a MacBook Air. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> I couldn't agree more. It, it, I I felt a bit. It was a bit depressing, really, to put that thing back. Well, not even put it back in the in the, in the box to to kind of package it back up and send it back to Apple. I shouldn't be doing that, really. I should, there should be a reason for keeping that. Bearing in mind that my other, you know, the iPad Pro that it was technically going to replace was a 2018, you know, a four-year-old iPad. Surely, I'd, I, I should have wanted to keep that one. But I didn't. I had no interest in it whatsoever. Mm. It's a poor show, I think. Um, the 10th generation is, a, is just a really weird product. Really, really weird. It's a really good iPad, actually, to be fair. It's, um, I've been using it in sort of in place of my of, of my iPad Air uh, for kind of writing duties and a few other bits and pieces and just watching stuff on it and and I think the thing that kind of saves it slightly is that magic keyboard folio which is really good it's a really good 
accessory, and I think it's better than the, the Magic Keyboard for several reasons, one of them being that it has a function row, which we've always wanted. Although, I've, I was thinking about this earlier, I haven't really used it much yet. I've pressed escape a few times, which has been very, very exciting, because I've, I don't know about you, but I've always missed that on, on iPads, the ability, on the Magic Keyboard. The ability to get out of something, you, you immediately or naturally go for escape, don't you? But you can't do that on the Magic Keyboard. Um, well, you, you can, you need to remap another key to it. You have to kind of fudge it basically, which isn't ideal, is yeah. it? So I think I set caps lock to uh, to function as a, you know to behave as escape. Yeah, but this has got it. It's got it's got a proper escape key, hasn't it? But um, the rest of the keys on there, I don't think I've used much. But I just like the fact it's there. It's a bit of satisfaction it's got on. Um, and the kickstand thing, you know, the, the kind of surface like kickstand thing at the back, that's great. You can use it on your lap as well. It doesn't fall off. It feels not pretty natural. Um, and the fact you can take the keyboard off. I've been using that more than I thought I would actually, just you know, taking it off and and using the iPad in regular iPad mode. Have, you, have um, you ever had an actual Surface? I've used one, but I've never owned one, no. Yeah, so I mean, I've had several. Um, and yeah, it's, it was a bit weird to see Apple essentially admit that Microsoft got it right. Because <laughs> it does turn the iPad into a Surface. That's the, you know, the kickstand, the detachable keyboard. It's and a then, surface. Yeah, it is basically, yeah. yeah. Running a GIMPed OS. A GIMPed OS and a very frustrating Apple Pencil experience. What's the problem with the... Oh, God. <laughs> What's the problem First with First gen. Oh, I've forgotten about that. That's ruined my day, yeah. that is. It's just... I, I, I didn't buy one. And I know a few um, other YouTubers had to rebuy the Apple Pencil one just to show they've got it and, and demonstrate how angry they were with it. But it's... I mean, <laughs> I mean, since I, I published this, the video about it, and I've, done, I've kind of whinged about it probably far too much, people have pointed out quite rightly that the, the fact they've repositioned the camera, so the FaceTime camera on the 10th generation iPad is now in the proper location, as far as many people are concerned. So it's, it's in, in landscape orientation, the camera is at the top. That means it's where the little magnetic thing for the Apple Pencil 2 would be. So, yeah. Totally fair. You know, if there's a camera there, presumably there's not enough room for the for the magnet. However, I don't believe for a minute that's why Apple didn't give it Apple Pencil Two support. I why? saw there was a, uh, John Gruber posted Daring Fireball. John Gruber he posted an article saying that he had some insider knowledge that confirmed that 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 is exactly why. But why prioritise that camera placement over proper Apple Pencil support? That's the bit I don't understand. Yeah, pass. That's the bit I'm salty about. It's just, I just think it's user hostile. I don't think it's fair. And because it sits so close to the iPad Air, it's such a similar iPad to the iPad Air, bar the laminated screen and a few other bits and pieces. How, how, how do you feel about that? Have you noticed that at all? You, you have to look for it. I mean, a few people have kind of said in, in the comments sections of, of my video, they've said, oh, that's, that's terrible. I can't put up with a laminated screen. If you're spending that long stare looking between the glass for it, then you, you need to be doing something else, really. Um, you don't... It's it's there, but it's not... It doesn't break the user experience at all. No, what I, does, as, as you might expect, it bugs the hell out of me. I couldn't, no, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't deal with it at all. Of course it does. So, so, yeah. Have you, put, have you put a paper like on it? Not on that one, no. No, I've got one on the uh, iPad Air and obviously the Mini, but not, not on the 10, no. Um... It's just such a weird iPad. I don't, I don't know who it's for. That's that's the that's the biggest problem with it. Have you got any ideas? No. Well, I think as we discussed last time, I'm I'm of the opinion that you know either just cough up for a proper Air. If you want a cheap and cheerful iPad experience, get a base iPad. Um. But most people, most of the time, should get an M1 MacBook Air, which is the best laptop Apple has ever made. It's just, it's such good value. Yeah. It's, yeah, totally agree. I think the iPad's still fighting for a place in a lot of people's lives. That's the biggest issue with this, really. Um, I think the iPad mini, for me, makes sense because it's this kind of thing on its own. It's a much smaller version of of a regular iPad. It works very well for note-taking and that sort of stuff. So that can kind of sit on its own little thing. But I think as soon as you start putting an iPad in a keyboard cover, 
it really is competing against the Mac. Whether or not it's you, know, you see it as a laptop replacement or whatever, you can generally get things done quicker and do more, I think, on a Mac. Mm. Well, the, well, the other problem is that the, the colours don't match what you're expecting. No, they don't. And that's, yep. not, that's, that's not an issue with your colour grading, is it? It probably is partly. <laughs> <laughs> There's an element of that, I'm sure, but I have checked it and it does look, I've got it just about right. It's, um, yeah, so I've got the yellow one and it's not yellow at all. It's this kind of mustardy type metallic thing. Um, I I was expecting, stupidly, for it to be more matte, like a matte yellow finish, more of a primary colour. And I suppose in hindsight, it's never going to be that because it is, it's a metal device, isn't it? And it's going to have some... I don't know anything about how these things are forged and and how the, the color process, but um, yeah, it just looks a bit. I don't, what, what did you think on the the footage that I showed showed of it? Uh, well, I haven't seen one in the flesh to know what it really looks like, but yeah, it was. Uh, I don't want to say unpleasant, but it, it wasn't a nice color. I didn't yeah. think. <laughs> it's not. It's not particularly nice at all. It's. But more importantly, I don't think it looks anything like the the images on the website they, they do look more kind of pastely and a bit more interesting i think a bit more like the imac colors yeah why didn't they just make them the imac colors the imac colors are nice and then they'd match and that would please me because then everything would match but yeah yeah imagine if you had, you had your, your yellow imac and your yellow ipad 10 and they were oh, they're they're slightly just... different God. dreadful well actually on the subject of colors you've gone off deep purple haven't you I have a bit. Well, I was never really on it, really. I only, I only picked it because of the band. I literally chose my my iPhone colour because of a rock band. And that turned out to be a mistake. And I really want the, the silver one now, you know, the, the kind of silver whitish one. If I, if I had my time again, I'd 100% go, go for that one. Um, but yeah, the purple's just a bit... I don't know. Not that impressive. It looks nice in certain light, in certain lights. Although I can't see it now because it's behind a behind a case obviously but um, which one have you got you've got the the black one haven't you i've got the yeah whatever the black color is called midnight is it this year space black who knows space black yeah they keep changing <laughs> the name don't they and you're, you're happy with that one aren't you I, yeah it's the it's the best iphone they've ever made oh in actual fact have you seen um oh what's the fella's name the, you know, the guy that once a year he does just an epic camera breakdown of the, oh. the iPhone cameras. Like, um, uh, I know him. So Sebastian. De yeah, I can't think of his Witt name. Or something. I know exactly what you mean, yeah. I think it's on the uh, Lux, Lux.com. Anyway, so that came out what, yesterday or the day before, I think. Have you checked that out? No, I will, though. It's, I'll yeah, I mean, yeah, if you're interested in iPhone camera photography then that's, uh, yeah, an annual treat. But um, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's, you know, it's, it's boring, but it's, it does what I need it to better than any iPhone has previously. So, yeah, two thumbs up from me. What do you think about this kind of theory that Apple has not given up this year? Although they've, they've, they've obviously said recently that they've, that, well, they haven't said anything actually, yeah, let me let me retract that slightly. Mark Gurman has said that there won't be any more Macs this year, so we we think they're going to delay them until or leave them until at, until March next year, um, which I'm really happy about, to be honest, because it means one, I can get some sleep, and two, I can save some money. Um, but what do you think about this theory that the reason they're doing that and the reason that they've had this fairly tepid iPad launch is because next year is going to be pretty huge for them in terms of something else, something a bit more interesting, something that isn't a phone or an iPad or a Mac. The obvious things are AR, etc. But do, do you think that's, do you think they're saving themselves for something fairly big next year? No, I, th- I think that we are perhaps at the end of a cycle that would have begun pre pandemic and they just haven't, they've been less productive due to the conditions or they've looked at the state of the economy, supply chain, blah, blah, blah. And they've just gone, you know what? Well, just, let's push it out because people are not going to be buying this stuff right now. 
or we can't make enough of them or whatever obviously yeah. i've got i don't know any better than anyone else you know I'm, I'm no i'm not mark german i don't have any sources but it just it just feels to me like they're just they whatever they've got cooking wasn't ready isn't good enough or they don't think they'll, they'll sell enough of them it does feel like at some stage tim cook just upended his desk and said all right whatever just get them out let's uh let's let's organize the christmas party and then we'll reconvene in january yeah. Feels a bit like that at the minute with that. I don't know if it's just just me, but it just feel like they're just kind of like, oh, whatever, just get them out, and you know, we'll have a crap quarter, <laughs> crap, mm. you know, in, in their case being about eighteen billion dollars an hour. But um, well, I mean, re- re- you know, regarding the notion that that the iPhone fourteen was as, was a bit half-assed. So if you read the uh, Sebastian's camera review. It's actually quite a significant upgrade. You know, the, the sensor is physically larger. The fact that it's got you know forty-eight megapixel sensor with all the pixel binning. Mm. I mean, I don't want to like spoil the article for anyone, and it, it's very long. But one of the things that stood out for me in that article was that, as a professional photographer, he felt that it's it delivers photos that feel the closest to having been taken with an actual camera rather than a smartphone. Mm. Which yeah, you you know you can't really praise a camera system higher than that. I don't think, and you know I would be inclined to agree. I know you're a big fan of the Pixel look, um, but I I, re- I genuinely like the, the the pictures that iPhones produce and that 14 Pro Max produces the best iPhone photos I've ever seen. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and, and video as well. I think some of the video examples I've seen of you know, people even using things like. Um, cinematic mode and stuff like that that's that's really come on leaps and bounds i think it's uh, it's very impressive i've done quite a bit of short form content with you know, vertical video and that sort of stuff with the iphone and it looks great it's really really good um so i agree just know, kind I, of- I actually considered using um because you know i've got i've got this permanent setup here with the sony camera and all that stuff um, I, I considered using wireless camo for my webcam this week just to give it a go um but i didn't get around to it maybe next time but um, i've had a little dabble with it it's it's pretty good have you tried the wireless camo yet no i haven't yet no no i need to i should do though you tried maybe continuity camera yet no i was just thinking that i've not tried it i've got the well yeah i've got the little uh belkin mount thing um but no i haven't have you tried it yet no no i haven't even installed venture yet yeah i've only got ventura running on on the macbook air at the moment i don't dare put it on my my m16 inch yet anything right really important production wise i don't want to i'll probably wait a couple of couple of point releases for that i think really anyway moving on from apple let's talk about something else because there's loads of things on this list here um so my experience with the focal i need to get this pronunciation right the focal barties which um, are, for, for the uninitiated, are a very expensive pair of noise-cancelling Bluetooth headphones. Um, I've, I've had them for a couple of weeks now, two or three weeks. And um, the review, where are we? It's going to be live tomorrow. So by the time this goes out, actually, my review will be there. Uh, and so this isn't a spoiler at all, but they're the best-sounding pair of consumer headphones I've ever heard in my entire life. They're amazing. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> couldn't even couldn't let me have the most expensive I, pair of headphones on the server for even a week could you? i think it was always, about a week always got to one up everyone i reckon it was about seven days i think it was about a week <laughs> maybe five days a working just, week just for anyone that isn't aware i i treated myself to some bang and old and h95s recently and uh, they were very expensive and uh mark has trumped them yeah in my defense they came out of nowhere so a bit of inside baseball stuff there's a um the 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 the, i think they're the the only focal headphone distributor or retailer in the us which is headphones.com they got in touch completely out of the blue um about a month ago and said look focal are are, are releasing these uh these new headphones We're, we're very excited to to get them out there and show people do you fancy a pair i said yes in seconds and um it took ages for them to come there's lots of customs issues and stuff but um headphones.com have been fantastic actually they've been very supportive with it and they just want a quick mention on the video which obviously they get um and uh, yeah like i say they arrived two or three weeks ago but um 
I'd love to hear that your headphones now. I'd, I'd love to get the H95s, I think, which I might I might look into um, and just compare them against these these Barties because uh, they're just amazing, which they should be. They are $799, um, which is a frightening amount of money, really. Uh, when you consider they are basically Bluetooth, I keep saying consumer, and they are really consumer. They're not, you know, they're not although they're fairly high-end, they're, they're aimed at consumers with quite a bit of disposable income and, and people also who really value the sound. Because um, the other thing they've got is a little switch for a DAC mode, so you can turn them into uh, DAC, like a DAC um, sort of playback where you plug them in via USB-C to your laptop or whatever, and they'll play back up to 192 uh, kilohertz, I think. Uh, lots of headphones do that. I mean, even your, the, your uh, well, they always used to. I don't know if the newer ones do, but the Bowers and Wilkins always used to let you plug them in via USB. The, the oh, my Bang & Olufsen ones, you can do that and just, just run them on, as a, you know, so, you know, bypass all of the other stuff and then go straight. Well, no, well, so you can run them passively, in which case you really would be bypassing everything. Or you can actually use, um, you know, use the DAC in the yeah. headphones as a I think USB what's in, device. I think what's interesting, Focal are making a bit of a point of it by having this switch and having a, a little thing that says DAC on there. I think mm. they're kind of pointing out that this is it's quite, quite a clever thing to do, I think. My, my Again, if people have seen the video already, they'll, they'll know, but my um, approach with this review is to compare them against AirPods Max because previously the AirPods Max were the most expensive headphones that I'd, I'd reviewed. And obviously, as we know, you can't, they don't really do that. You can plug them in via Apple's terrible $30 um, cable, but it, it doesn't give you lossless audio. It doesn't, it doesn't work in that way. Um, and yeah, so the, the comparison is, is between those and these, these new Barty's. And uh, it, they just sound incredible, which again, they, sh- they should do for the money. But um, yeah, my new favourite, very expensive headphones. Hmm. So I mean, at the weekend, I did I A B tested my H ninety fives and the AirPods Max, and the H ninety fives are noticeably better than AirPods Max in my opinion. But again, I mean, I may be biased because I really like Bang and Olufsen flavour headphones anyway. But no, I do I do think it's just, it's just generally everything's crisper, cleaner, the bass yeah. is less flabby but still pronounced. It's yeah, no, they're really really nice, and obviously the case is better. Oh yeah, do they come with a case? Does the do the Focals have a case? Is they it, do. Is yeah. it rubbish? No, it's quite nice. It's nearly as big as the XM5 case, so it's oh. quite quite a big one. Because, again, they don't fold up properly. They fold that way rather than the XM4 way. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's they, a nice... Do they, do they fold up as much as the H95? So that's one of my favourite things about the H95. I don't think they do. So I remember you showed me that. Way. Yeah, I remember you showed me that last time. I don't think they do. They just they, the, the cups just fold round, basically. Um, which seems to be a bit of a trend with headphones now. They don't, none of them really, apart from yours, they don't really seem to fold up properly, hmm. which is strange. How, how do you feel about the the sort of etched pattern on the ear cups? It's when I first saw it, it, it well, it doesn't bother me. I, I, I'm not triggered by that at all. Um, hmm. The thing I was triggered by slightly was the there's a the um, the Focal logo on the can on, on the cans themselves light up so it's like a little led thing which you can turn off weirdly in the app you can't do it on the on the headphones themselves um but that kind of gives them a bit of a kind of gamer gaming type vibe which is a bit weird given the type of headphones they are um if you looked at them sort of quickly with the light on you'd you'd assume they're a pair of rgb headphones for gaming you'd be forgiven for thinking that which i think is a bit strange for for a pair of french you know, magnesium alloy headphones, which are retailing for nearly eight hundred dollars. But again, that's all subjective, really. They sound great. That's the main thing. Yeah, well, I, I, I shouldn't imagine I'll ever get the chance to hear them. I'm not going to find them in Curry's, am I? <laughs> I don't know whether that's a good point. Actually, I don't know where you buy them in the UK. There must be a one or two retailers somewhere. But there you go. But yeah, well, just uh, for those who weren't didn't witness the conversation i i've got an issue with close with densely packed small holes um it's called it's it's a, a phenomenon called trypophobia t-r-y-p-o-p-h-o-b-i-a um which i don't know you, you may or may not have come across this term before but it's like things like the lotus seed heads if you ever seen one of those I, it just grims me out um 
but yeah, no, if you if you're if you're of a nervous disposition, do not Google that because it will ruin your day. Yeah, well, you sent me it the, the Google search for it, and I genuinely had to click off it quite quickly. <laughs> and I don't think I've got that. Is it trypophobia? Is that what it's yeah, called? Trypophobia. Which is, I've looked at a couple of other reviews of the Barties, and they do mention it. It is, it is mentioned in, the, in these reviews, and I sort of refer to it in mine, but I don't, not by name. Um, uh, but yeah, so you might want to give that video a miss, actually, Rob, if you, if you haven't mm. haven't watched it after Friday. Uh, right, we've done headphones. I think we, I can. I might just pick some random things out of this list because it is, it's an incredibly random list that we've got here. Um, is there anything you can see you want to, you want to, you want to talk about immediately? Uh, have we discussed your new audio interface? I don't think we have. What, the SSL? Yeah. I don't think we have, have we? No, we can talk about that uh, briefly. Yeah. So yeah, when, how long has that been in use? Uh, it's been used over the last four or five podcasts, I think. Or maybe not that many, maybe three or four. Um, so a couple of months, yeah, it's been here. And it, yeah, it's the, it's the Solid, State, Solid State Logic SSL 2, which... Um, I had to get because basically the previous interface I was using, which was the um, Zoom L12 mixer, didn't work with anything apart from Zoom. Zoom was the only online chat platform or you know, calling thing that it would work with, which was a bit restrictive, as you can imagine. So this one's great, though. I'm really pleased with this. Have you have you mashed that 4K button? For extra uh, high resolution audio. I haven't, no, no. We could try it now. Should we do an A-B <laughs> test now? Let's yeah, try it. it. Yeah, so this, this is without 4K on. This is like a, it's an emulation of um, like an old SSL SSL desk, I think, isn't it, or something. So this is 4K off, and I'll, while I'm talking, I'll switch 4K on. That's now 4K on. Did you hear any dif- difference? No, it sounds exactly the same. Does it? I heard a marginal difference, so that's with it on. I wonder if people are still listening to this. Uh, this is with it on, and that's with it off. It's, it's definitely brighter. This is off, and this is on. Can anyone in the chat hear this? This sounds excellent with my with my iPods Pro too. It's different slightly. I'm going to turn it off. But um, yeah, there you go. I guess it's good. It's got a little bit more presence. But I mean, objectively, it's making the sound worse, isn't it? Yeah, it probably is to be honest. But, but it's a, subjectively, it's it's nice. Yeah, it's a button, and when you <laughs> press it, the, the button turns red. Yeah. So SSL. Audio interface, thumbs yep. up. Yeah, the like only it. problem with it, I think, is it needs a, it doesn't drive quite as much gain for this mic. This mic wants a bit more gain from it. Um, I'm pushing it sometimes, but that's like that, that can be fixed. You've got a cloud lifter. I have, yeah. Even with that, even with that, what is the gain on it then? I don't know. I've not even I've not had time to look into it to be honest. But um, I bought it very. I think I, I remember buying it because I had a podcast to do the next day, which I think was on Riverside or something, which the other interface didn't work with so i had to buy it really quickly set it up quickly and i've just left it since then really i've not done anything with it but um yeah it's good i'd recommend it actually i think given the price it's if anyone's looking for a fairly decent audio interface and doesn't want to spend a a fortune on it then it's a it's a good option yeah i'm still very happy with my moto m2 it's a fair bit more expensive but you get the benefit of the really absurdly good dac in it so i i use it as a headphone amp as well so it functions as a very good i mean the, the it's very low noise um yeah. but the yeah, other it's actually got a not terrible headphone stage on it as well so you can use it as a as a headphone amp so you get a lot for your money in that case aren't you? Uh, the only thing the only thing i wish it had the inputs on the back that's the one thing i really like about your ssl is that the inputs are on the back uh, so you can have all the cabling neatly uh, you know out of sight the motor m2 they're all on the front I've never understood why audio interfaces do that. It's, it's always been the most annoying thing for me with audio yeah, interfaces. It's so irritating. Because obviously the XLR yeah. jack is a, is a chunky beast. You can't, there's no hiding it. No, it really sticks out, doesn't it? So Louise is saying, I bet that drives you mad. I can't tell you how mad it drives me. <laughs> I just, it's, it's always there in my peripheral vision. And it's, it's, it's upsetting me now. While we're talking about driving you mad, have you got over my, um, the photo that I showed you earlier this morning? Oh, that was horrible. Why do you do it? So, uh, basically, Rob's got a uh, <laughs> a thing where, well, I've got a thing where I just like annoying Rob by showing him all the crazy things that I do in the studio with my gear. Um, I think the first thing was the overhead camera, wasn't it? The overhead rig. And I call it an overhead rig, which it is, but it's, it's only half finished, really. And when I say it's half finished, the thing it's missing is counterbalance weights. Um, 
so if you don't know, basically, when you have these kind of overhead shots for unboxing things, generally, you, you know, your, your camera sits on a tripod above your head. Um, and because most of these cameras are relatively heavy, once you put a, a fairly big lens on there, um, you need something to balance out the weight so it doesn't come crashing down into the desk and into your, you know, your iPad Pro that you're unboxing, whatever it or not, not unboxing. Um, I haven't got a counterweight on it. So what I do is angle the, the arm. So it's, uh, what's, what's the word? It's kind of perpendicular whatever it, whatever it is it's in line with one of the legs that's pointing the same way so in theory it can't go anywhere and, it, and t- to date touch wood it hasn't it's been absolutely fine so no sandbags um but i know how much that annoys rob so i take photos of that setup and then put it on the discord server and then this morning um i i've been d- obviously doing different shots and things around the studio i thought it'd be quite nice to have a shot where i'm sat at the top of the stairs and basically framing myself in in that you know in that, in that position but to do that obviously i had to get the camera somehow in front of me which meant putting the camera on the stairs um and no problem at all i just got the got the tripod extended the the rear leg the the third leg as far as possible so that was two or three steps down and then the other two legs were a couple of steps up Bob's your uncle, no problem at all. Um, hung a great big key light over the banister, again, with no sandbags or anything at all, no counterweights. Um, and it was fine, absolutely fine. Nothing went wrong. No, it didn't, and I'm glad it didn't. But it just why tempt fate? You have broken a lens. Oh, yeah. You, you broke a Canon lens a little while back. I've done a couple of things. I also uh, hit myself in the face with a, a lighting tripod. <laughs> That that could have been really dodgy. If, if I'd knocked myself out, it's only me here. I don't <laughs> I'd have to wait for Jen to realise I haven't come home to see to sort me out. But um, yeah, I did. I knocked over. It's, it's this lens here, actually. Mm. I've kept it for prosperity. So it's a um, it's my, one of my favourite ever lenses. It's very sad. It's a um, Canon twenty four to seventy f two point eight. Quite an old lens. It's probably six or seven years old, actually. But. You know, it's, it's an L, it's got the red ring on it, so it's, a, it's an expensive, very nice piece of glass. But um, yeah, a few months back, it it just... I can't remember what happened, but I think I just knocked over. In fact, it, the ironic thing was, the tripod was just in the middle of the studio. There was no danger anywhere at all, yet I somehow still knocked it over, and it fell lens first onto the floor. And um, to cut a long story short, you can probably see there, the, uh, the filter ring... Um, dented basically uh, so you can't get the filter off but more importantly the nothing works the zoom doesn't work the focus focusing doesn't work and um it feels a bit bit loose as well and uh yeah took it to the local camera shop and they tried their best to save it and they can't because they can't get the parts so it's now just a um an ornament which is very sad well, speaking of lenses what lens did you have on your precarious stairs set up it was a 24mm G-Master. How much does that cost, Mark? It's about 1,500 quid. You're a lunatic. Ca- the camera's about four grand. You're a lunatic. <laughs> yeah. It could have gone horribly wrong. If that, if that key light had fallen over the banister, I think, like I said on the Discord server, it would have been the worst game of dominoes, <laughs> most expensive game of dominoes ever. That's absolute carnage. So, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. God, we're going all over the place <laughs> with this, aren't we? I wonder what the retention's like on this podcast today. <laughs> uh, what can we talk about next? Um, where are we? This is a long list. Uh, Mark's studio plans. We're still talking about the studio, I suppose, aren't we? Yeah, so very quickly, um, I'm going to create a little music studio in the studio. A studio within the studio. Um, I just noticed, actually, you've put on here what happened to the living room, living room idea. I knew you would pick up on this if anyone was going to pick up on it on this on you you would um because a little while ago i did say didn't i that i was going to create a little living room and have a tv set up and do some tv reviews all that is still planned and actually some tv stuff will hopefully be coming fairly soon but um uh, at the minute so i bought a sofa which i think has appeared in a couple of the videos but that at the moment that's downstairs and i just can't be bothered to bring it upstairs it it involves me and someone else trying to you know doing the, the kind of friends thing you know pivot um i can't be bothered with that at all i can't think of anything worse than doing that at the moment so that has stayed downstairs and that's the main reason i've not really gone any further with it um 
but yeah, I've, I've in, instead in its place, I'm going to do something more importantly with the Mac Mini because the Mac Mini is just poor thing. It's just on its own doing nothing. It's just a, a sad, sad relic. You should set it up as a set 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 the screens, uh, set it up as a screens server, and you know you know well. I suppose it's no good now because you've already put out your iPad productivity content, haven't you? But if you've not have, tried yeah. screens, I haven't though. It's I mean, it gets you out of some scrapes if you need to do some proper computer stuff and you've only got your iPad on you. So it's genuinely decent. It's not like sitting at an actual computer, but it's good enough if if you've got nothing else. Okay. I, I might give it a go one day, possibly. Although I've said that about shortcuts as well, haven't I? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so, so, yeah, so music. Music is more important than smart homey stuff. Well, I always try and work out ways that I can work my hobbies into a business. That's, that's what I've been trying to do over the last two or three years, which has worked quite well so far. So, um, but yeah, it's... I think given that I had this plan basically to get the, the new, if, if they released it, the new Mac Mini, the, the M2, whatever it was going to be, the new version of that, and do something with it in this regard. However, it doesn't sound like we're going to get that until March next year. So as a content creator with no new products on the way from Apple, you have to start to get creative and think what you're going to do with it, um, or what you, what you can do with the, with the stuff that you've already got to make some decent content out of it. And um, it just strikes me that that Mac Mini not being used is a bit criminal really um, and it is the 16 gig version you know it's, it's spec'd up it's um it's not the base model why not put it to use and do something with it by doing something that i'm passionate about and that a few people not exactly a horde of people but a few people do occasionally say to me oh you keep mentioning music and all that sort of stuff from your past what do you do with it i thought well let's um let's chart the build of this little studio area and see how the mac mini copes with it i mean we know how it's going to cope with it, but it's still going to be an interesting journey, I think, for that computer. And then eventually replace it with whatever, hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, comes next year. What are you going to put in it? Logic Pro, obviously, is where everything will start. Um, no, it's I, mean, be- I mean, I mean, are you going to get some some hardware, or are you just going to like just splurge a load of money on plugins? A mixture of both, really. Um, I've got a lot of stuff already. I suppose that's that's the uh, the starting point is largely here already. So most of the software's there, most of the plugins are there, most of the the, you know, the soft synths and things that I use are there. There's one or two other, others I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna invest in, but um, but I do also have some hardware that, that I've never used on the channel before. So there's there's monitors, you know, a couple of KRK monitors that are over there doing nothing. Um, I have a digital piano that I'm going to bring in, you know, full 88 note thing, uh, controller keyboard as well. That piano or keyboard? Has got weighted keys? Weighted keys, yeah. It's a nice. Roland RD700. Um, it's my dad's, actually. He, he used it uh, live for many, many years. It's a, it's a family heirloom. Uh, lovely piano, actually. Uh, yeah, so I've that's got, I've got a Roland. That's my piano. I remember you saying, what, what have you got? I don't know. I, I, it's, uh, I mean, it's it, it looks like a piano. It's a HP seven hundred or something. Okay, I can. I no idea, but it's very nice. Nice. Can't beat Roland stuff. Um, <laughs> Louise says, "Ooh, MIDI." Yeah, there, there might be some MIDI stuff. Who knows? I might just fill. I might do a, a kind of a, a BT and fill the room with. Um, you know, that's a strange reference for you. Uh, fill the room with with proper synths and things and racks of you know, euro racks of things yeah. if i had the budget I'd, I'd i'd lose all of my audience immediately overnight but um, I'd, I'd have fun doing it You'd get a new audience though. Just, yeah go full trent reznor on it <laughs> shall i <laughs> reinvent myself like madonna <laughs> so yeah that's my plans that's my studio plans uh you ever, have yeah. you seen um are you familiar with roly r-o-n-i yes the roly block things well, and, and the the seaboard. What's the seaboard? So the seaboard is a keyboard with touch sensitive keys, so that you can uh, perform. You know, you can play it like a piano, but you can also add vibrato, so you can get that kind of wow. expression that you could get with a guitar, but on oh, a piano. Nice. So yeah, I'd re- reach out to them, get them to yeah. send you one of those because they are badass. Oh, I'm going to lose so much time doing this, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> 
Jen's never going to see me again. Where's Mark? Oh, he's been in this studio for the last three months. Haven't seen him. Yeah, um, I mean, they're quite expensive. I don't know if they'd send you one of those. But they, they, they do a smaller one called a Lumi, which and, and the keys light up on that. And that's that's only like one octave, I think. But it's still, okay. I think it's, you know, it, it, yeah. For those who aren't familiar with Rolly's products, who are into music and can play a piano or keyboard-like instrument, yeah, check out roli.com. We'll put a link in the, in the thing. But certainly the seaboard is, I would, I'd love to, I don't know that I would ever have any practical use for it, but it just <laughs> looks so fun to be able yeah. to, you know, sort of pitch bend or vibrato like you can on a guitar, but on a piano. Cause I'm, I mean, I can play both, but I'm much more proficient on the piano. So if I could get a guitar-like feel out of a piano performance, that'd be quite cool. That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? That would be incredible. I'll have a look into that, definitely. I mean, joking apart, I do. I need some partners to to work with me on this. I do need. I need. I've got one in particular. I don't think I can mention them at the moment, but they they got in touch, ironically, about a pair of headphones they've launched. Um, about like a, a bit of a clue, I suppose. Yeah, they, they've not a little bit like Focal. They've not launched headphones for the um, the consumer market before, but like everyone, they've jumped on the the noise cancellation bandwagon for over ears. They got in touch about those, but they do happen just so happen to be a very prolific manufacturer in the studio space as well so i've said to them hey good timing um hopefully i can mention them fairly soon but um yeah uh, i'm just looking at the chat we've got lots of chat going on here rob lots of lots of interaction yeah i think we've lost everyone because we've, 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 probably, we've gone all audio nerd it's, it's genuinely <laughs> and I, I know when we first started this podcast i said it's gonna be like two blokes down the pub we might as well just be down the pub now on our own. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's, I don't know. I've got no idea if anyone's still listening. If my mum listens to this, she's probably still listening, bless her, because she's my mum. Um, she's probably not at all, actually. Uh, but yeah, they're all talking amongst themselves, aren't they? <laughs> um, just looking on this list of things to talk about, um, we moved this from last time, and I've got no idea if it's worth talking about. The Microsoft event, which I, I've, I haven't seen any of it at all. Is there anything worth talking about from Microsoft? No, there never is, is there? <laughs> oh, no, I suppose. Well, no, let me think about it. So this was this was a while back. So I need to refresh my memory. But I mean, actually, no. Rather than talk, because I don't think this was mentioned at that 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 event, right? But the most interesting thing that Microsoft's put out recently, in my opinion, is the Dev Kit, formerly known as Project Volterra. And what that is is it's basically a, a, an ARM windows mac mini but smaller okay. it'd be you know it kind of looks like the same sort of volume as a mac mini would be if it didn't have a hilariously overpowered power supply and mostly air have you seen the, okay. the project volterra Thank no i'm gonna, I'm gonna it. google it now while we're talking it's, so it's, um, it's, yeah it's just a little so arm wi- powered windows dev box to try and entice people entice developers to start developing for harm windows and it's pretty beefy it's got like 32 gigs of lpddr4 ram uh, half terabyte of nvme storage and a snapdragon 8cx gen 3 soc so you know it's a pretty serious bit of kit and it's about like 580 quid that's like you know half a pump money yeah and it looks suspiciously like a, a mac mini doesn't it it's got that mac well, mini it's much thing flatter going. it's much flatter I think I prefer the look of it actually. I yeah I, yeah it's, it's cool it's stealthy, and it's got it's got more ports as well. I think oh, has it. So yeah, I think that's a very reasonably okay. priced device. And Windows Eleven ARM is actually not terrible. So a while back, I tried the Windows Ten ARM on Parallels on a on a Apple Silicon machine. It was dreadful. It was it was so bad. I still have nightmares about it. Windows Eleven on Parallels eighteen is fine. So much so that I haven't even bothered putting Windows on my Steam Deck, which is one of the reasons I got the Steam Deck, was to dual boot it, so that I would have a dedicated bit of Windows hardware that I could do Windowsy stuff on if I needed to. I haven't needed to do that, because Windows 11 ARM on Parallels 18 on um, Apple Silicon is fine. Like, it even works with, uh, you know, when I was doing my Android adventure, I used the PhoneLink app. Are you familiar with the okay. phone link? Uh, I'm, I'm, I know of it. I have known it, not it, enough about it. It basically kind of makes like Windows and your Android phone a bit more like handoffy, so you can like respond to texts and you know just do stuff on your phone, but from your computer. All of that works fine. It's all good. You can change you know volume and or you know put your phone on mute or 
change focus modes or whatever. It's it's good. Okay. Can you copy paste? I can't remember. I don't think I tried it. That's that's my most. You might have to use something else. I, I mean, I was, I did, I did get that working. I think I might have used a third party app for that, but I can't remember. In any case, uh, that's the most interesting thing they've done this year, in my opinion. But I mean, from 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 in terms of stuff that they talked about at the event, what was quite interesting is the level of Apple integration. Yeah. So there'll be native Apple Music and Apple TV apps next year. Okay. And they've integrated iCloud Photos into the Windows Photos app, which I wouldn't have seen coming. I don't know quite how they've done that. But yeah, you can yeah. now get all your iCloud photo library into the Windows Photos app, which is cool if you're a Windows user. Um, and I think they've enhanced some of the Xbox stuff. So again, you've got like Apple apps you know, apple tv apple music apps on on xbox if that's if that's your thing um they announced a carbon aware mode which i think the latest apple os's do as well don't they they will sort of try and schedule recharge around times when the grid is oh, not, really? not not you know is at low is it it's got high capacity you know when there's then there's high availability um, i did not know that there are, what, there are tabs in File Explorer now. I'll tell you, one of the things I really enjoy about the Microsoft events is how much effort they put into accessibility. And they've been doing this for quite a few years now. Um, but the, you've got system-wide transcription now, which is quite cool. Okay, nice. Um, apparently, I mean, I, I haven't used it, but, you know, sort of voice control is much improved now the the natural voice engine that they're using for sort of on-screen narrations and stuff they've really improved that um and they've got a whole range of like you know adaptive accessories to enable you to you know, interact with your computer in, in, in a way that's more comfortable nice um if, if you have those sort of needs um surface is 10 years old now that flew by i remember getting the first one 10 years yeah okay. Um, There's some new gear as well, wasn't there? New Surface laptop, a new Surface, new Surface laptop. a new Surface Studio. That, that's interesting. Starts at four thousand six hundred ninety nine quid. Yeah, yeah. So at one end of the spectrum, you've got the dev kit, which is really very keenly priced and is you know sort of. I mean, it's still it's it's not like it's not in. in I'm trying to think of the word. It. It's, it's not that painful a purchase, I think, for what you're getting. That The, the new Studio Plus, which is their sort of uh, touchscreen all-in-one, it's the, it's the Microsoft iMac on a swivelly stand. Yeah. It's that, that, is, that is not an impulse purchase. You would have <laughs> to really think about why you needed that, given that it starts at 4,700 quid. And it's only got an 11th gen Intel chip in it. Okay, it does look nicer, doesn't it? I do. I love that hinge. It's, it's, it's a beautiful looking device, but I, but it won't work properly, will it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, have I'm, you have you ever used one? I haven't. No, no. I've been in the, in the same room as one, but I'm not, I didn't get to use it. But um, I I've had several surfaces. Mrs. Rob's had a Surface. You had a Surface laptop. None of them have worked, have they? No, which that's a very good point because I've just seen in the chat that Louise has mentioned, I think I did talk about this a little while ago, that um, just to back up slightly, my Surface Laptop 4, is it? Is it a 4? I think it's 5, the one that's just been released. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so mine, mine's the 4. Um, basically, I, I don't want to blame her, but Jen was using it for some college work and um, I was upstairs and I heard this, Mark, um, can you come down a minute? And came down and... All, genuinely, all she'd done was open a Word document and it just reset itself um, and went into the blue screen of death, which I hadn't seen for about 15 years. And immediately, as soon as I saw it, just I, you start sweating, don't you? Um, didn't know what to do. And since and this was back in, how long ago was this? This must be May or something, May or June, a long time ago. Since then, I just can't get it to work. It's the, admittedly, I've not put enough effort into it. I know we've talked about this on this on this uh, podcast, but um, I've just given up with it. Really, there's no obvious way to reinstall Windows. All the all the reinstall options don't work. Basically, um, so I think I said on Discord or maybe even on 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 here that 
I want someone to fix it for me. And it does seem like the uh, the Discord crew could uh, could do that. So um, in answer to your question, Louise, yeah, absolutely. To be, uh, compl- to be totally honest, I'm happy to put it in the post and someone have it and fix it and send it back all at my expense. So if you want to do that, if, if you want to be the, per- the, the, re- the recipient for that, Louise, and um, work on it, you, you're more than welcome to. Jan has suggested putting Linux on it. You you did try to turn it into a Chromebook at one point, didn't you? <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that didn't work either. It worked briefly, I think. I think it booted into it and then just restarted itself again. It's a shame because mm-hmm. it's, nice, it's quite a nice laptop, actually. And I do need a Windows laptop to be able to to have to do something with i'm not sure what with but um no you don't know just get parallels 18 and run windows 11 on arm if you need to do anything windowsy it works yeah, fine. i can't do it can't do it i can't put windows on a mac it just feels Is wrong that just a, it's, it's a sin you can't do it that it just feels totally wrong Oh, well, the, the fun thing about the Surface Laptop 5, you'll notice if you go and look for it, is that in pretty much every product shot, they've got it uh, hooked up to two external displays as a bit of a two fingers at, uh, <laughs> at, the, at the, you know, its main competitor, the MacBook Air. So, I mean, I'll give it that. While it works, <laughs> but, yep. you know, before it eats itself, you will be <laughs> able to use it with two 4K displays. That's impressive. I like that. But what's, what's weird is, that, I mean, that's got 12th gen evo chips in it but the flagship five grand thing is is a generation behind doesn't make any sense i guess you're paying for all that design and that hinge aren't you all that sort of stuff it's in the the size how big is the screen it is big isn't it well so it when uh panos was demonstrating it's the equivalent of four 14 inch touch displays if you're using quartered windows Right. So, so he was showing off some of the new like window management capabilities um, and, you know, brought up a bunch of apps, t- each taking up a quarter of the display. And yeah, it's essentially like having four 14-inch touch-capable displays on a, on a floating sheet of glass. It's a beautiful thing. I'm, I'm not, I, it's too expensive. Yeah, and who needs it? That, that's the thing. I, I mean, the, the fact they're still making them suggests that people are buying them and doing stuff with them, but... Who needs that that kind of device? That's the thing I've always struggled with with that with with the surface. Well, my my favourite thing about that device, aside from how beautiful it is, is the uh, is the optional twisty dial. Do you remember that the surface dial? Vaguely, it's Remind basically me. it's the hardware twisty knob that you can place on the screen and then have it do stuff and you know interact with you know, uh, sort of change yeah. yep. change levels and it's all sort of configurable so that you can plonk it on the display and then i don't know you know use it to scroll through your timeline or whatever you know so i mean it's very cool very cool thing i just i can't i can't figure out why it's so expensive just who's gonna pay that for it is the hinge actually called the zero gravity hinge it's called the zero gravity hinge yeah even that's a bit apple like is that's the sort of thing that johnny ive would say <laughs> he used to he would have said I mean, um, the, the latest surface is quite interesting. They've they've sort of done away with the brutalist, you know, sharp edges, and gone more towards the, the sort of everything's a bit rounded and fluffy. Um, I can't think of anything else interesting to say about it though. It'll, it, I mean, it just it'll stop working at some point. This is the first and last time we'll ever mention Microsoft 365 on this podcast, but that that is on the list. It is, um, and they've rebranded it, haven't they? To they've rebranded Office to 365. Yeah, so everything is Microsoft 365 now, apparently. Okay, fair enough. Okay, that's Office done. We won't talk about that ever again. Um, I think that's pretty much it at the moment. Oh, actually, they it. did they did show off quite a cool um, speakerphone. Okay, like a just a standalone device that you sort of sit somewhere on your desk as a you know high quality bluetooth speaker and multi-directional array of mics that's just really good for video conferencing apparently but they'll they'll kill it after a year that also sounds a bit uh, amstrad alan sugar circa <laughs> 1987 <laughs> i'm not i'm not very impressed by that right I, I, it, it seemed cooler at the time <laughs> <laughs> oh dear Oh, well, we've exhausted that list. Maybe we should, before we finish, we should take some questions from, uh, how many, we've got three remaining audience members. That's how entertaining we've been. I think we only started with four or five, to be fair. But um, 
So yeah, let's go. Let's go one question each. So um, yeah, let's go for it. Who's gonna go, who's gonna be first? It was there was that section about uh, about your studio. That's when we lost everyone. It, oh, that that was it. Probably before that, to Which be honest. Does beg the question. Perhaps you should prioritise your sort of more universally accessible lounge idea. Do you reckon? Do you think that's enough audience research? I, I don't know. Well, you know your audience better than I do, but certainly everyone everyone needs a telly. Not everyone wants to be a bedroom composer. Tellys aren't as cool as, you know, fanning about I, with I, them. I think you underestimate that. I think it's going to be one of the biggest areas of growth because everyone's got, like, most things now. But with the yeah. proliferation of things like Thread and Matter, there's the, the accessibility for smart home stuff people who have previously perhaps tried it and just couldn't get it working or you know sort of went off i all people that just never bothered trying because they just thought oh, i don't understand this too now it's all or you know next year things will just be plug and play and you'll be able to do all kinds of you know anyone will be able to do the sort of you know cool things that nerds like me and <laughs> louise and other people have been doing for years watch this space there'll definitely be something happening in that area <laughs> Uh, right, we've got some questions. So, uh, one day my AirPods Pro or Max sound great, then the next day, no. Maybe because of the updates Apple sends out. I've never had that with AirPods Pro or AirPods Max. They always sound the same for me, even after... I mean, the updates for those tend to happen without you knowing, don't they? They're, um, they're firmware, upda- firmware updates that just happen in the background. Um, I've, have you ever experienced any issues with yours? No, they've always been great. I guess it depends what source you're using as well. If you're playing from Apple Music or Spotify, um, yeah, I'm not sure on that one. That's a they've been very consistent for me, to be honest. Um, how many plugins do you use? Oh, here you go, Rob. There's someone asking me a question about music production. Uh, how many plugins do you use in Logic Pro, and will they work on Apple Silicon, or haven't you found out yet? Um, most of the ones that I use, uh, Jan, do work in um, do work with Apple Silicon. Uh, one that didn't for ages was Native Instruments Massive. Uh, they they spent forever or massive two whatever it is um, they spent forever getting that working uh, for some reason but um yeah well, they, I don't they, they would huge... have had to completely rewrite it because a lot of their uh, plugins relied on proprietary Intel AVX instructions which obviously aren't available on Apple Silicon yeah. so there's a technic- valid technical reason why it took them a while to do that I'll let them off in that case it sounds like quite a big job um, but yeah I'll I'll reveal more Jan in terms of what I what I use. Um, where are we? Uh, and will your DJ name be Dirty Mark or Dirty Ellis? Uh, <laughs> why, why does it have to be dirty? I quite like it. I quite like Dirty Mark. That has so many connotations, doesn't it? It has a lot of connotations based on... And only, only Rob knows this. One day I will reveal this, uh, probably not publicly, but maybe to the Discord people, um, about my neighbours. Can you remember this, Rob? My oh, neighbours at the studio. That. And if the word dirty conjures anything, it's, it's who is located over there, which one day I'll, reveal, I'll leave that as a cliffhanger. Um, uh, any more questions? Who hasn't asked a question? Oh, here, Louise, uh, music production. Do you compose stuff like Sibelius, MuseScore, or do you set, or, or do sound effects, etc.? No idea how it works. Um, I don't use Sibelius. Um, I can't read music. I think you can read music, can't you, Rob? Yep. I really envy you. One thing my, my dad can read music, and uh, it's the one thing I wish I'd kind of picked up from him to be honest, but I can't. Um, so, yeah, no, no scoring stuff, uh, Louise. It's just um, bashing around on a keyboard and yeah, making noises basically. Uh, okay, any more questions? Have, we, have I missed any questions, Rob? Can you see? I don't think so. Be Brian Eno, that's a bit of a lofty goal, isn't it? <laughs> Did you ever try out his Apple TV app? Maybe like the first five episodes of 8 or 16, I mentioned that he's got an ambient music and audio visual kind of experience that you can purchase on your Apple TV. It's about 20 quid. So I haven't got (laughs) it. But (laughs) it looks nice. Okay. Why is it 20 quid? I bet he's not sold many of them, Brian, has he? He's probably not living off that. I love the fact he's done that, though. Do you think he did it himself on his own? 
well he's been really into sort of procedurally generated ambient soundscapes for a while hasn't he so yeah i imagine he probably has had a a hand in the algorithms and the thinking behind it i don't think he actually wrote the app though he would have hired someone to do that yeah i guess so i just like the idea of him sitting there tinkering away in (laughs) in xcode in xcode Okay, I think I, I genuinely, I know most episodes of 8 or 16 are random, but would you would you agree that this has been the most random episode we've ever recorded? I don't, yeah, so if, if not the most, it's certainly up there. But I don't, it's just the, the subject matter has just sort of taken us off on various tangents. We've been quite, well, what's the word? We've been quite disciplined for quite a long time in sticking to yeah. the script. Not today. No, it's been maverick, hasn't it? I think that's probably the best way of putting it. Um, the only thing that bothers me with this is what I write for the description. I've got no problem editing this and obviously recording it. It's fine. The bit I hate the most is writing the description because I think I'm going to miss something out in there. Probably no one reads it, but I'm going to miss something out in there that we talked about that was the best part of it. And then it's lost forever in terms of people forgetting to... Anyway, um, I'll stop rambling. Uh, yeah, I think, okay, we're done. And, and thanks very much to the remaining three audience members. You are wonderful for staying this long. Uh, Bearing in mind that we started ages ago faffing around with Zoom and trying to get you to make sure you could hear us, that you could all hear us. Um, So, yeah, thank you for for jumping on. And uh, thanks, Rob. Um, I'm not sure what I'm going to do now. I'm going to go and cry into my L lens that no longer works. Sad times. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you again in two weeks. All right. See ya. Cheers. (laughs) 